0: Surfing rashes. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can't keep up. Please, please, please. I think that's presents pure tour
1: nerdism. Hey, buddy. <laughs> you. Here we go. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Nick. How are you, mate? I'm so good, Blakey. How are you? Why are you so good? Because uh, I'm just really enjoying life right now. Oh. I'm, I'm mate, just really enjoying myself. <laughs> that is
0: just the best breath of fresh air to hear someone just absolutely teeing off on life
1: and loving every second of it. But that's how it is for me right now, man you got to enjoy those moments. You do. What's, what's yeah.
0: been uh, the secret to your, your recent happiness, do you reckon?
1: Um, I'm just in, really engaged with what I'm doing for work right now. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, I just really like being jazzed on surfing generally, you know. Uh, I'm not really one given to pessimism or negativity naturally. Oh, you and, and me both, mate. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just getting like heaps of opportunity to be really positive and stoked right now which which is awesome for oh, me. this is just yeah. sweet
0: music to my ears nick what's what's been uh stoking you out about surfing just your own personal experience with surfing at the moment are you just getting in the water a lot or are you on different boards or are you just paddling to new zealand and back every day or how do you <laughs> where, where are you get your froth from
1: far out well i do have a lot of boards right now <laughs> standard for a carol i've I feel like it's really been like I've been like a really exaggerated version of what a lot of surfers have been in the pandemic period mm. where like we're kind of just sitting around, you know, scratching our heads and going, what now? And then going, I know what next, a new board. And by the way, the surf's kind of epic, so of course I need lots of boards. So far out. Uh, it's been a great great period of um, like mucking around, testing boards at Morris a lot. Um uh tuning in on some things that he's been trying to do. Mm. But also a lot of other boards, a couple of ten channel singlies. Um uh really nice new Takoro actually sitting in the corner right now, like a like a really classic high oh, wow. performance round pin. Just it's just begging to be surfed. And that's like now I'm like impatiently waiting for the next swell. So
0: Woo-hoo! Oh mate, you're getting me psyched, Nick. You're getting me psyched. But I know that uh, <laughs> another thing that'd be psyching you up, mate, is uh you know, the professional surfing year coming to a heady climax over there at Trestles. Um, I, look, I know that you've played witness to world title deciders since before the asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs. I mean, you've seen them all, yes. generations of champions rise to undisputed greatness. You've seen unbeatable favourites get torched by their own sense of immortality and inv- invincibility. And uh, you've seen the unlikely and and the unusual come to pass in your time as well. And uh, yeah, before we talk about this, you mate, I just really want to know, like, what is your favourite world
1: title decider that you've bear witness to? Oh, dude, I I kind of feel like the favourite ones are the ones that arouse the most emotion, mm. you know, for you. Um, there's been a couple of them for me. One was like really, really annoying, but really fantastic at the same time. So kind of like a bit weird in a way, um, which is uh, the day at the Billabong event when it was held at Pipeline and my stupid brother like dropped in on someone and like oh. lost the world title in oh. front of everybody. That was just so gut-wrenching, you know. It was so painful to watch and I was just like, oh, God damn it. Mm. Um, but but then again, like I watched then BL go ahead and win that day uh, in the most magnificent fashion. Mm. Like it was one of the greatest world title wins Ever and it's weirdly it feels like it's gone under the radar a bit. Like um, uh, I don't r- really know even if at the time it was fully appreciated what an insane day of surfing it was and what an amazing performance Barton put on. You know he just had so many things fall into place for him on that day, mm. and uh, it was amazing to watch. Yeah, mate, that
0: that is in my view the greatest event ever. For pro surfing I mean Just for what was at stake For where Tom was at In his career Like he must have Just looked like I don't know Like a, a giant block Of granite That you had to Sort of drill through To get to a world title And and somehow It just all went pear shaped uh, Yeah and, and just the waves You know Like far out It was just so pumping Mate and I mean I wasn't there I was just a tiny little Surf fan watching You know All the clips Sort of drizzle out Over the yeah. next few months But it really left a mark on me that world title, and I, I, I don't know whether it's because I was just that peak surf fandom, you know, just being a grom. But I mean, hearing you say that 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 one sticks out, you know, above all others, uh, it sort of validates my uh, surf froth a little bit, mate. What do you think? <laughs> Is it just because BL uh, had had just he just lost the world title the year before, right in? pretty meager conditions and it was looking like it was all his so it had that uh, element of drama as well
1: well yeah sure and i think at the time beal was you know he was really like people used to call him the thinking man surfer i don't Mm. know i figured like he's he's it it was always a kind of like a um i don't know kind of a little bit not pejorative but a little bit dismissive Mm. of, of, of the guy and uh that was not a thinking man's surfer type day. That was a gung-ho freaking maniacs type day, yeah. right? Like it was a day when you step off the ledge at pipe and you beat all the best surfers in the world and win the world title. That that stuff is, you know, it, it, everybody like has seen Kelly do that, right? Um, everyone saw Andy do it in my second favourite, the 2003 showdown. Mm. Like I'll never see something like that again. That was nah. insane, and the waves like, weren't
0: great for that one either. So it's not really dependent on waves these sh- these sh- climaxes to be a good one. No,
1: no, it's it's what it's really dependent on is what's at stake for the people involved, right? Mm-hmm. And like for BL, it was the opportunity to win a world title was at stake, and it was it came to him at a time that he can't possibly have thought it would happen, you know. And there it was. Like like there were three people in front of him, I think, and they all just fell apart, you know, including the boy most likely, little Tommy, right? Mm. It was just like, ho, ho, ho. Imagine that door opening in front of you and you go, all right, now I'm going to make the decision to walk through that door yeah. today. Yes. Huge call, you know, magnificent stuff. And the other one, Andy versus Kelly, well, you, you know what was at stake there, right? Like there was... Kelly's whole life almost for him. Like he, (laughs) whoa, it just was such a spirit breaker for him to lose that one. Uh, I honestly wondered if he just might be gone after that. He might just go, Oh, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. Um, but for Andy, it was more like, I don't know, it was like saying no to the sun, you Mm. know, (laughs) Mm. you know, like. It was like a white hot block beast. that son out, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. No, that's uh, you know, I oh, just coming down the very final heat. I mean, they've set it up now where where it's always going to be down to the final heat. But geez, you know, for the battle that had been building, and for Kelly to go go sort of uh, you know get his comeback on a roll the year before, and then put it all out. And both those guys, you know, in that year, the two thousand and three year, I think. From memory, there's like 17 events on tour, maybe a few less, maybe 13. But they they went one for one other than maybe three comps. Like, they won everything. It was just going back and forth like a big fat pendulum. And, uh, yeah, to get to that last moment, I don't know if Kelly had ever been in that position, had he, where he'd he'd had to – well, he'd just been beaten,
1: bashed. Uh, Well, I remember talking with his brother, Sean, because, like, Kelly couldn't talk at all. Like, he was so shattered. And and uh, Sean was kind of near tears himself, and I kind of was, could relate to him because we're, we're both big brothers and we've both gone through the torment of watching our idiotic mm. little brothers do all this stuff. And like, and he just said, "I've never seen my brother lose." Wow. Like for him, that was a first time. Just as, as much as as it was for Kelly to just experience defeat at that level, real. Crushing uh unalterable defeat. Mm. It's a gnarly thing. And Very, and the feelings that
0: aren't really talked about with athletes being defeated is, you know, that sense of humiliation and shame, you know, like it's it's not just personal, it's a it's a it's the whole world's
1: looking at you. It's a heavy oh, thing no. to put
0: yourself in that place.
1: It it really is. I mean, a lot of the time really great athletes do have a lot more invested in it than you can see. Mm. Uh, um, and they lose in that situation, and it's like it's a stack attack of everything that's ever gone wrong in their life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not much at stake there. No,
1: that is heavy, mate.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, there was plenty of, of objection, you know, when these first format changes had come through, uh, you know, from changing it from rewarding and crowning the most consistent surfer over an entire year to just plucking that top five and giving those surfers a chance to take it in uh, that one-day surf-off. And, like, I think Mark Richards was probably the most vehemently sort of uh, against it. You know, he just really didn't like it. But, I mean, of all the world title winners since 76, quite a few of them did wrap it up, like, way before Pipeline and in waves that were probably substandard. Like, which side of the fence are you on, Nick? Do you you like this, Uh, or do you think it diminishes somewhat, you know, the efforts throughout the year?
1: Uh, Well, I don't think it really diminishes the efforts throughout the year because as we saw last year, uh, the first seed in this finals format has a colossal advantage over everyone else. Mm. I mean, you know, they're surfing lower trestles. Uh, Can you imagine going in fifth seed, having to surf three really great heats and then go best of three with a surfer who hasn't even paddled out Mm. yet? Yeah, You know, there's only so far the surfing imagination can take you at lower trestles. It's not a wave that challenges you very much. And so, you know, you can go crazy once and then you go a little bit crazy the second time, but the third heap, can you do like a 10 move again? Mm. You know, maybe not. You might be burned. Uh, and then suddenly, like I can see this happening, right, in, in the finals format this at the end of this week or whenever they run is that you know, someone in the men's is going to do that, and they're going to get to Philippe, and they'll be Philippe just grinning at them, like, ha, 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 "I'm ready." You know? <laughs> yeah, like he's he's exhausting enough as it is. Like, <laughs> imagine coming up against him after you've surfed two or three heats, you just fried, and he's stayed totally fresh. That's a big call. Mm. So, you yeah. know, the, that's the first thing. The first seat has a big advantage. Um, I, I guess the thing that bugs me about lower trestles is that it's lower trestles. Like I just think something like this should be at the pipeline or somewhere equally or close to as challenging, you know, a place where you can see uh, the the raw skills of a surfer really on the line mm. under pressure with a little bit of uh, curry on it, you know, the wave saying to you, look, you better take – you better make a call here. You know, you better take a risk. A wave um, of truth,
0: Nick. A wave of truth. So-
1: the wave of truth. What a thing to say! That is magnificent. Mm. No, well, <laughs> thank I mean, you for phrasing it so yeah. well. <laughs> well, that's uh, Gabby
0: Medina. He, you know, when they first announced it, he said, oh, "I think that the world title should be decided in a wave of, wave of truth." Oh, and, there you uh, go, Gabriel. Oh, mate, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like looking at this, um, this format. Um, I- I don't know. I don't know if, if what you – because what you're saying, like when you get to a grand final scenario, and this is, this is pretty similar to, you know, like them saying, this is our Super Bowl moment or our uh, final series or whatever it is, you want your, your best surfers and your biggest opponents being at peak form against each other, don't you? Like that's what I bugs me about the format is like getting guy who's surfed a little bit, maybe a bit tired up against the number one seed that takes away from what the spectacle should be because you're not getting that Ali uh, Foreman, Kelly Andy moment because someone's already had to juice themselves, you know, for 40 minutes, possibly an hour and a half before they even get to that number one guy. What do you think of that? Yeah,
1: that's, that, that's true. I do think like we're always in danger of uh, relaxing into conventional wisdom with formats. Um you know, I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff happen in the, in the one-on-one format that I never really expected to see. Mm. <laughs> and I'm looking at this one, for instance, and I'm like saying, oh, yeah, you know, you know, first guy's got a big advantage and Philippe's got a big advantage and Carissa's got a really big advantage on the women's side. Um, but I'm looking at the guys and what I do notice is that there's only one surfer who has a higher heat win uh lost ratio than Philippe this year and only one surfer who has a higher um, heat score average mm. than Philippe and that just happens to be Jack Robinson mm. so so I think Jack is a real hidden danger to old Philippe here yeah and he's a pretty smart surfer you know um he's he's very smart now he's learned a lot he and has if, if anyone can play Philippe, It'll be Jack, and Jack's only got to win one heat, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, indeed. Let's uh, let's look at it, mate. I, I'd love to get your uh, get your take on the top five men and women, strengths and weaknesses, as observed through your uh, petrified pterygiums over the past couple of seasons. <laughs> um, let's just start with the women, mate. Uh, just just give us your sort of like. Uh, I don't know, just overview of sort of where they where they could make it work and, and where you think they're going to struggle. Uh, and we'll start with Steph, seeing as though she's number five.
1: Uh, well, Stephanie um, is probably my favourite surfer in the whole world, really. Mm. Uh, just because I just think she's got the best style of any surfer in the world right now. And I'm kind of a sucker for that. Uh, but I will say that I think she's got – Um, absolutely no chance of winning this world title. (laughs) She's got some really nasty opposition between her and Carissa Mm. uh, and I suspect one of them are going to take her out at some point. Um, uh, But if she she was like number two, she'd be a serious risk to Carissa, I think, Mm. because Steph has a lot to serve for here. You know, eight world titles, can you imagine She'd be the all-time one then, wouldn't yeah. she? Yeah. Now, imagine what Lane would say next time they met. It would be really interesting. Mm. Uh, but but I just I can't see it. It's too big an ask. Um, uh, Brisa Hennessy, really good power surfer. Uh, she's probably going to make lowers look pretty good, uh, I'd say. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, she has won an event this year that's a really important criteria to be up there in that situation. So she knows what winning feels and looks like. I wouldn't uh, totally, you know, write her off from making a final. However, she's got to go through who I think is the greatest danger to Carissa Hugh, and that's Tatiana Weston-Webb. Uh, Taddy Tati came second last year. She pushed Carissa to three sets and I don't reckon she liked that. I reckon she would much rather have won. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and now she's in a situation where, where she can maybe make that happen. Uh, she's super fit, energetic, um, aggressive. She can throw spray uh, and uh, she just, you know, she's just got the X factor, I think. Uh, she can blow up. She could really easily make the final and scare Carissa senseless. Uh, Jane De Fay um, is a fantastic surfer, really underrated. Uh, really great power surfer. Uh, If she gets some space um, and she makes the final, if she gets a bit of space, she'll scare Carissa too. Um, But I'd say it's out of those two to get to Carissa. Uh, Once they're up against Carissa though, like honestly, Riss has not really looked like a world champ at a couple of really critical stages this year. Like she just got. Creamed at Pipeline. Mm. You guys, do you remember
0: that that heat, the I, final heat? Oh, I'm trying to vaguely, I vaguely remember. Dude, Who was that? That we, uh, Moana. Well, yeah, heat sorry, of the year. Yeah, of course. Heat of the year, man. Yeah, no, I know exactly. Jones Wong. Yes, Just I know. owning
1: Pipeline. Uh, for line, some like reason, I thought Tyler was girl. in that final. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, Moana owned that one. Mm. Carissa was like sitting there watching her. That must have been so gnarly for her. Like Carissa, like world champ, five times world champ, and there's this grommet just circling her, type of all places, mm. putting, on the, putting on the best show of the contest for sure of anyone, man or woman, and there's Carissa humiliated. So she comes from that and she goes into Bells and Tyler does the same thing to her. Oh, brutal. Mm. So she's had a couple of moments this year which have really hurt, I reckon, um, but you will notice that she's been slowly turning it around since then. Um, I suspect anyone who makes that final heat against Carissa is going to paddle out, and what they will see is they'll see the Carissa, right? You know, because she's all like, always like, I'm so emotional, you know, <laughs> right? They'll, get, she'll, they'll paddle out and they'll meet the Carissa that is like this. She's, I'm so emotional, but I'm going to kill you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, mate. Yeah. Like, we spoke to Sally Fitzgibbons a couple of days ago, and she was saying that, you know, if Taddy makes that final, Regardless of how much she wants it and how much mongrel she's, she's you know, tapping into and how much, uh, I, don't, I guess, just you know, that, that nearness has uh, fueled her desire throughout the year. Once she's out there, the PTSD of that pain will be rattling around and Carissa will have no mercy and will, will be completely unflapp, uh, unflappable by you know, the idea of Tatiata coming hard at her. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, nah, feel like, yeah I'm, you know, I, and this goes back to, you know, Tom's world title defeat that year. He was never the same surfer after that. And to to bounce straight back and to mount a title campaign after being one turn away from winning it, man, I can't even imagine how hard that would be. I mean, Tom just said he, he almost gave the whole pro surfing game away, except for the Pipe Masters. That became, a, yeah. you know, the place where he just went, that's, that's it. That's the only comp I care about now. So... For Tatiana to pull this off would be some feat.
1: It would be. I will say with Tom, there was the, there was the added factor of, like, it was a really stupid rule that knocked him out. And mm. so he would actually lost trust in the system. Yeah, okay. So, He's like, yeah. I don't believe in this system anymore. Mm. So I'm just not going to put my blood on the line for it. Mm. Again, I'm just going to do pipe really hard because I really want to win that contest a few times. Um, does it, does Tabby, it sound like a pro
0: she, surfer to blame the system, mate?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i don't think Tati's like that like you can see how nah. bouncy she is like she just bounces back from stuff and and uh, uh she's tough you know she's she's pretty tough and she's put on some epic displays this year uh so <laughs> but you know it's carissa it's, carissa will be in uber mode and like you don't really want to get tangled up in that so nah
0: away we go oh it's fascinating mate i I just love Mm. the idea that you know the women's tour is so tight this year tighter than it's ever been i mean far out every comp was just about won by someone different so the fight for the top five was extremely tense and uh, i just feel like all these women in that top five are completely worthy of lifting that trophy whereas the men's the men's i'm not so sure man four and five are definitely not the world's best competitive surfers this year, regardless of what happens. Italo has barely scratched the excellent range. He uh, hasn't won a comp. Kanoa, I couldn't believe that he uh, overtook um, Griffin, who had two wins under his belt this year. But it says a lot about, you know, just how good these guys are, that they can just sort of scrounge away on the inside and, and make all those uh, events count to, to be in this top five. Do you see either of those two guys... You Know making a run from five or four.
1: Well, I, you know, to be honest, I see the missing teeth in the mouth. <laughs> John, John, Florence, and Gabriel Medina aren't there, you know, yes. the defending world champ, yes. the best surfer of his generation. They're not there, like, there's that. I see those gaps more than anything. Um, I, I'm completely blown away that Griffin Colapinto is not in this top five. I don't know how he's managed that, he won two events. And he's not in the top five. That's some achievement there, Griff. Like, man, mm. it's at your home break.
0: Oh, dude. mate. I saw a, a, a video of him, like, at some lake in the middle of nowhere. I think he's gone to the furthest point in mainland place. America yeah. from the ocean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not going to be riding his electric bike down to lowers to watch that Oh, scene.
0: it's so heavy.
1: <laughs> but, you know, so there's three guys really that aren't in that top five that maybe should have been or we – or if you, if you had them there, you'd be going, oh, my God, I actually might fly to California to watch this. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, good on Kanoa for making it. Like I still don't believe that he did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he. that should be Griffin's spot right there. And Italo, I don't know what to say about Italo. He's, like, had a hard year, I feel. he's He's battled demons in his own mind, I think. Mm. Um, he's still the same surfer who won the world title in 2019. He's just not dredging it up from the depths. He is now on slightly more common ground, I think, like his uh, great shaper and somewhat mentor, Timmy Patterson, just lives up there in San Clemente. Um, Maybe there's a little bit of magic in there for Italo to bring him alive, uh, which he hasn't done much this year. Uh, You just don't know. Um, but I suspect you're right though, mate. Like, I suspect you're right about him not being really able to challenge that top three. Uh, you know, you go further up and you've got Ethan and Jack and really I think they are the form surfers of this year, those yeah. two. They've they've made this year theirs in so many ways. You know, Ethan did this most magnificent, very Ethan Ewing serious guy prep <laughs> for the year and it's really paid off, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he, he's a... He's, he's a committed surfer in so many ways uh, and he spent a lot of time working on his technique and also working on his quivers uh, before this year happened. and you just saw it pay off at so many points through the year. Uh, and then he had that fantastic winner just like who didn't celebrate that? you have to have a you know, you'd have to not really appreciate surfing <laughs> to, to not appreciate Ethan doing his whole trip really. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think um, if you, you take the heavy water waves out of this year and that final with Jack and Ethan is heat of the year by oh, a million yeah. miles, like, yeah. you had such different approaches going on even though both guys were in such electrifying form. You know, you had Ethan just pure line from beginning to end. I could imagine Derek Hine just little jelly all over his uh, mattress. <laughs> that night. But I think that, uh, you know, because he's always complaining about how to surf J-Bay properly. And I don't know if you could ever do it better. I, even Kelly was saying that's perfect surfing right there. But but the way that Jack was just attacking the lip and then throwing finners and just bringing something completely new, that to me that was the most... I don't know. That felt like watching something new. That was something that we hadn't seen for a little while, you know, on tour. Maybe not since um, John John at Margie's, you know, where you were just going, what are we even watching here? This is just
1: sensational. Yeah. Well, Jack's, you know, Tatiana's got the X factor in the women's ranks and Jack's really got that in the men's right now. Mm. I think like, like that sense of like, he might surprise you anytime he paddles out with what he produces. But I think underneath that you've got a really calculated competitor. You have someone who is clearly able to gauge his performance levels against the situation and do exactly what's needed um, but not, you know, and he did this a few times this year. He deliberately didn't overplay his hand. You know, he deliberately kind of undersurfed a little bit, just just balanced it against what the, the moment needed, made sure he got the scores he needed but kept some of that vital surfing imagination thing alive inside mm-hmm. his head, hung on to a little bit of that fairy dust. And, you know, he, he did that at Marit River really well. Whoa. <laughs> and he almost pulled it J-Bay. Like, like things like that really separate the sheep from the goats competitively and uh, when you're in that state of command over the situation, then uh, it's, it's a rare state to be in. You know, we've all seen Kelly achieve that numerous times. Like, that's his specialty, really, in, his, in the pomp of his career, was knowing when to go and when not to, you know. Mm. And he was that far ahead of the pack. He had, that, he had a lot of space in that, you know. Jack's probably got a little bit less space to play with because look at who's surrounding him. But still, he's able to do it. Oh, and, man, he, uh, he
0: just seems so icy in the dying stages of a heat. Like, he just, mm. he just looks emotionally... Completely, like unbreakable, like right yeah. up until the last second. I, I, who, like you were on tour in the in the seventies and uh, early eighties, and you saw him come and go. You saw that, uh, you know, Hardman, famous for being just ice cold. Uh, I don't know who you'd <laughs> rate. Uh, was Kelly as cold as Hardman? Do you reckon? I, I don't know oh, who. At- who's the coldest? Who's the iciest, coldest person you've seen? Right in the, up to the, Mr. Must have been a pretty icy character in his time.
1: Ooh, um, gee, I think people go in and out of that state. Uh, I've seen uh, Curran. He's been really icy at times, like in terms of just, you know, knowing exactly what to do, when, Mm. and just taking the emotion right out of it, just, you know, just... taking that Cereal emotional... Serial killer vibe. Yeah, serial serial killer stuff. There's know? almost
0: no joy in it. It's not like that and, passion crime. It's just methodical and and
1: just terrifying. And merciless and terrifying, <laughs> sure. Um, another one who was really like that and probably the best of all time at that was Frida Zamba. Wow, uh, yeah. That, that woman was... I would have hated to have been a competitive surfer up against her. She She was just completely told and just... <laughs> Yeah. Unflappable. You couldn't get under her skin. Yeah. You couldn't distract her. You couldn't like worry her at all. She never felt intimidated by her abilities. It was just it was all one to and she she just executed so many people's dreams. It was awesome to watch. Just
0: patches but, of snow in her footprints as she walked down the beach.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood. Yeah. But she as she ceased, the, as she sheathed the samurai sword, you know, and oh. walked away from the scene of the crime. Wow. Well, I mean, are you
0: seeing that in Jack Robbo this year? Because like, I've just been in, amazed by how, how hard he yeah. can just keep it locked up. Yeah. it's radical.
1: All yeah, right. Mate, well, what about
0: let, let's let's talk about Felipe because far out, man. Like, I mean, he's just did himself no favors at Pipeline or Chopu. Uh, it's talked about. It's marked. The asterisk is uh, being you know, I guess it's like the tip of the quill is being dipped in the ink for the big asterisk to go next to his name. But does he care? Like, does he actually, is he tapping into any of that sort of uh, criticism of his performance in these waves in a year where Chopu and pipeline were pretty much as good as they get?
1: Oh, well, I I guess this speaks to the difference between how the competitor thinks and how the spectator thinks. Mm. Like, you you might look at Philippe and go, oh, you, you know you you know you just blow it at Chopu, you know you're not killing it at Pipe, you know how can you call yourself a hero or a champion or whatever, you know That's not our Philippe's thinking right now, no. <laughs> you know he's he's just on his own wicket, he wants to enjoy himself, and you know you'll notice that the way that he wins is that he 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 summons the spirit of joy into himself and just cranks the volume right up, okay? Uh, it, it's all about just being hyper-positive in every way and uh, he'll really connect with that in the right moment and just go to places that other surfers can't get to. You know, honestly, Chelpu and Pipeline are irrelevant next week. <laughs> <laughs> they have nothing to do it's with true, this. It's true, mate. And I mean, you know,
0: the, the, the world champion... It's not like we haven't had uh, guys who didn't really love and find that joy in big ways before lifting that trophy. You know, like there, there's guys who will go out and have a crack, but they might not be out there tapping what he taps in, you know, anything up to sort of eight to ten, eight foot maybe. Like it just seems like he just absolutely loves it uh, in the same way that Tom loved everything after eight foot. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah. like, I mean... it. <sighs> is it unfair to just keep you know flogging the guy because i remember last year when he surfed at trestles uh he was on that quad and i was just mesmerized like and the and the surf fan in me did not give one flying fuck about chopu or pipeline by that stage i was going this guy is an absolute wizard and we should celebrate the surfing that he's doing
1: yeah i i think there's no no option to do that like like I, when Philippe takes off in that and in one of those, you know, crazily joyful benders of mental surfing that he mm. can just go into, it, it's impossible not to love that, you know. And uh, I really hope he goes there, and um, I'm I'm definitely backing him to win. Right? <laughs> but the only thing that I I you know kind of think about there. Is, is Jack's scoring record that's on top of his. Mm. And and also that, you know, another thing that people say about Philippe, I've heard that a lot of people say this in the last two weeks, he's like, oh, he really deserves a world title. Well, you know, can I tell you, that deserving. In Clint Eastwood's fantastic line towards the end of that amazing movie, Unforgiven, where mm. he turns into a psycho gunfighter at the end and he's pointing the the gun at his mortal enemy and he just says desermin has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. And then he pulls the trigger, right? Yeah. So, it truly has nothing to do with it. You know, Philippe deserves a world title. Everyone deserves a world title. Happy days. It's who wins it on That's the day. That's right. That's Boom. right, mate.
0: Gee whiz, Nick. What an absolute fucking blast talking to you, mate. I'm so pumped. So pumped. <laughs> Is it uh,
1: exciting? Oh, it's
0: so, I'm so ready, man! And I'm like, a week can't come quick enough. I feel like, uh, you know, Christmas morning's just around the corner, and I'm sitting there, you know, 13 years old, waiting for a new board or something. I've got, I've got that much froth going. I just got one other questions for you. You, you spent a lot of time at Trestles, uh, a lot of time in America, a lot of time immersed in the culture and industry of of Southern California. Like, can you explain? just for Australians, I guess, sort of like what that energy is like and, and how our athletes are going to have to sort of navigate their way around it to win this thing. Like is, is it a factor? Is, is it something that's going to play a role in the way that these people, uh, men and women, approach World Title Day?
1: Um, to be perfectly frank, uh, I, I think for the most part the, the vibe at Lower Trestle's and the vibe in Southern California generally is actually a bit downbeat compared to the vibe in Australia right now. Mm. Say so about surfing, um, and I, I don't. Th- I think the is that they will actually lose interest in the wave. You know, um, it it's a fun as wave to ride, and it's accessible to pretty much any surfer of any level of ability, and that's it's kind of glory in a way, Lois, I guess. Is that you know anyone can go down that track and catch a few waves out there and and go oh, I can surf lower trestles. They might be a bit spooked by the crowd at times. It does get crowded, but in my experience, the lowers the crowd is nothing compared to Snapper Rocks on a good day. Mm. There's just none of, none of that intensity, and um, and there's not usually the skill level either. You know, a lot of normal surfers surf there, and and the vibe is usually pretty chill. So. But it's more the wave itself. It it just throws up so few challenges for surfers of this capacity, you know. Mm. Like they can they can devastate waves ten times more difficult than Lowers. Like they'll just go out and own them the first surf they ever have <laughs> out there. And um, but Lowers, they, they're presented with a a wave that will perhaps challenge them by its its sheer blandness, you know, the lack of barrel there's not much draw off the bottom you know you got to turn mid face to gain speed because there's no speed out out of the bottom of the wave at all it's Mm -hmm. kind of like (laughs) uh and then the angle going up the lip like tempts you to surf more horizontally you know because there's not a lot of curve under the lip so you're um, struggling with that a little bit uh it is a really good airwave in places for sure and the left tends to bowl up and stand up a little bit more. It feels a little bit more modern high performance mm. going left. Um, uh, but, you know, aside from the fact that anyone can surf it, you know, at this level of competition, dude, it's in a way it's like asking F1 drivers to settle a world title by driving on a track that, where you can go with like about 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, that's kind of what biases me a little bit against it. I mm. kind of feel like Lowes is a great spot for a lot of people to go have a lot of fun. It's not really the place to sort out a world surfing championship. Mm.
0: Well, let's just hope it's uh, Kelly Slater in black and white conditions, you know, like that, that perfect height, <sighs> that perfect swell, dead glassy all oh. day and just a full-blown canvas because if they get that sort of surf, like, we'll, we'll get to see, you know, the best possible surfing of the entire year go down. So – That'll be the hope. mate. Well, I guess it'll be the hope, but sh- I've lived there. I lived there for seven
1: <laughs> years. I saw it like that once, so you never know.
0: <laughs> mate, uh, it's a shocking time zone for us. How, what are you going to do to uh, keep yourself juiced up for it? I mean, I, I don't suppose you really need much hype being a carol, much help yeah. to stay uh, buzz. but what's your little well, secret my- to uh, get you to midnight So when the thing kicks off?
1: Well, my job requires me to talk with people at that hour right now, so... I'll just get up and go with it. And like it's one day, right? And besides a couple of my fellow workers at frothers on this, will probably be just like, you know, zinging each other the whole time, just seeing who, you know, wins whatever stupid bets we take on it. Mm. Mm. <coughs> yeah, so I've got no worries about that. And,
0: um, nah, just tap, tap that Carol Froth, mate. There's no tap shortage the of it. There's, There's no of shortage there. of it. <laughs> plenty of it. <there. laughs> good on you, Nick. So good to chat, Bye, mate. Yeah, likewise. Bye, mate. You. Competition surfing.
1: Rashes. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can't get up. Please I hate
0: that so it presents.
1: Pure to a nerdism.